Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflut from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, NXT, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and the round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, join Ham by Hamflut. And so we are gathered. We are socially distanced here today to talk about Daniel Bryan's WWE future. As always, on these weekend podcasts, we have to caveat this by saying this could all be completely bloody redundant because of what happened on SmackDown. <laughs> maybe he's number one contender. Maybe he's bloody world champion. Who knows? Regardless, earlier on this week, um, he did an interview uh, with BT Sport and, and kind of revealed that he desperately tried to get out of the WrestleMania 37 main event and also gave some hints about his possible future and having sort of weird feelings being involved in uh, in WrestleMania and, and contem- contemplating his full-time future. So we're going to talk about his, his WWE future. Let's start with that that story, though, that broke on, on Thursday, uh, Hamflet, regarding him saying, well, I'll read what he says here. Uh, not to say I didn't want to be a part of it regarding WrestleMania 37's main event, but I just thought it was going to be a strong main event, just the two of them. The weird thing is, WrestleMania 30 felt like it was going to be Batista and Orton. It felt like with the way the crowd was reacting to Batista and Randy, it kind of needed me in there, right? Well, this one didn't feel like it needed me. I, I couldn't disagree more with Daniel Bryan, if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest. And I talked about this on the news on the day we covered it. I thought he... You know, yes, it muddied the waters, and yes, you had that weird shift in, in Edge's character, but it made it far more unpredictable, and I enjoyed it a lot more as a result. Your your reaction to, to Daniel Bryan saying that about Mania 37's main event? Well, fascinating. Daniel Bryan being Daniel Bryan, as usual, yeah. and being honest and being pragmatic, it's great. As you say, this news broke on Thursday, the Thursday that we're recording. If on Friday he signs a 10-year WWE deal and this is all <laughs> just a bit of work, then we've absolutely shanked it. But yeah, um, really refreshing to hear a wrestler speak like this and a WWE wrestler especially to speak like this and not surprised that it's Daniel Bryan doing the speaking. Um, so I would agree with you. I feel as though it was almost uncomfortable for a while. We were previewing SmackDown week after week and being like, Christ, Daniel Bryan is talking himself into the WrestleMania main event. Like the, this is going beyond 
the vastly and hurdle for Roman Reigns. This feels like something bigger. Mm. And then a strange thing happened on the night of WrestleMania 37. Um, I'm happy to eat crow on these podcasts whenever I feel like I should or whenever I feel like we've been completely barking up the wrong tree. Edge got a bigger response than I was imagining. Mm. And Daniel Bryan got a smaller one. Those people in Tampa, um, and oh, how we were grateful for their noise, made a lot of noise for Edge. More than I anticipated from some of those Thunderdome and less for Daniel Bryan that there wasn't it was a great match it was a fantastic match Daniel Bryan was a fantastic baby face but I'd be lying if I said I was watching it feeling like I was watching something akin to Wrestlemania 30 or even Wrestlemania 34 his comeback mm. even that like it, it wasn't fans were if they were with anyone they were probably with Edge to win the title that night and I you know I can have no problem standing corrected at how I thought he was perhaps coming across in the in the Thunderdome it wasn't reflected on the night. People were still glad to have him back live. You know, it was only his, what, his second match in front of a live crowd, mm-hmm. if you include the Royal Rumble in that. So that's going to be a huge part of it as well. Um, not that I think Brian will have been impacted by like a slightly muted reaction. I just think he's being very, very truthful about what is, if you boil it down, a man having a perfectly normal existential crisis in an abnormal line of work. That's what's happening here. You know, you've got, we often forget that wrestling is a job. And we've talked a lot about this when we talk about releases and people going to AEW. And, you know, I know we're going to get onto that here, but it's anyone can hate the job. And it's an awful thing that happens. And sometimes you could be a wrestler and hate your job. You could hate the place that you work. You could hate the version of wrestling that you perform. And maybe a little bit of that is lingering in Daniel Bryan. Maybe. A love for it is starting to dissolve because he loves his life outside of it so much more. You know, a, a wife and two children, he's potentially like got enough money to retire at a young age and live happily with them forever. He's, a, he's just one of them people that's able to put wrestling second. What I think is a point we can't, like, we, we have to sort of talk about it. And this probably seems like a good time to bring it up as any of those. If Daniel Bryan is becoming, as a result of a, a WrestleMania main event feeling, a guy who has stopped and stepped back from it all and said, actually, I don't think this is for me anymore. I think I just want to enjoy my wife and children. Hmm. Fine. Like, great, actually. But this is also the same Daniel Bryan that put himself through hell just to get back to it. Mm, Yeah. Like, so what maybe does that say about his experience of what he's come back to? Of everything, like... Imagine like a sort of Rocky film and you've got Rocky on a treadmill and you've got his opponent on a piece of paper and he's just charging on the treadmill, charging for the face of his opponent, Clubberlang or Ivan Drago or, or whomever. And that's it. That's everything. So it gets that big fight and like he's empowered by all that hard work to knock the guy out. Like that's that picture on the wall was the last four years of Daniel Bryan's career. Like the last sort of three years or so of his in-ring yeah. career. He did, went through all of that to get that back and he's got it and he's sort of, shrugged a bit you know like he's kind of yeah. like and and truthfully if we traced back everything he's done in his comeback short of a couple of really awesome things you'd be able to understand why as well so that's not ideal either I, like i don't want this to just become this like raging anti-wwe thing but i think you'd be foolish to say it's not a bit of an indictment on them or the booking of him since his return yeah because he didn't come back and say i've got this checklist of things i still want to do because he did kind of achieve almost everything he did. Mm. Uh, he, what I wanted to do, sorry, prior to to being forced out of the ring. Obviously, uh, he, he clearly had a great time. For example, like leading into WrestleMania 35, playing that role and just really embracing it all, and just get, getting that 
visceral hate from a crowd who were so desperate to see him back, you know, months, if not years prior. Um, and I don't think this is, I want to retire on my own terms, because he's not said that. He's not even mentioned the word retirement. He's just said stop being full time. But just to come back to that main event, like, I get it. Like you say, absolutely. The, the Edge got an incredible reaction for someone who was meant to be at best a tweener and at worst another heel uh, in a match with almost two heels and a baby face. But had it been Edge versus Roman Reigns, I'd have gone in going, well, there's no way Edge wins this. Like maybe I would have nibbled on a pinfall or two, but I just thought, well, yeah, Roman Reigns retains. Whereas going into that, I was like, I have no idea what they're going to do here. Um, I was more convinced that like Brian would leave than, than Edge as champion, for example. Um, I just, I thought it really added another element to it. Yeah, but yeah, he talked about this, Odd detachment, uh, he said, when he was walking to the ring at WrestleMania 37, and that may be leading to him stop being a, a full-time wrestler. Um, which is, yeah, it's, like you say, he's brutally honest of him to be like, oh, I just, I thought I'd feel something slightly different here. I think his contract runs out in September, Andy said. Do you reckon he is going to stop wrestling full-time? Because like you say, this isn't ruling him out and saying, well, that's it, we'll only ever see him at the... Well, we won't see him at Saudi shows, but, you know, we'll only see him at the big, big shows of the year or whatever. But, yeah, the the grind, presumably particularly during the, you know, ongoing Global Bastard, has uh, has clearly really taken it out of him. And also, like you say, he's got a family and and not many wrestlers put that first. No, like, this is the thing, right? It's really easy to get kind of caught up in um, wrestlers always, like wrestlers looking at their, lives in the way that we look as fans at their careers so like daniel bryan starts maybe hinting towards retirement and what's it's in most of our instincts to just be like oh who's he gonna fight in his last wrestlemania or what's he gonna tee up as a as a program you know like we'll all start fantasy booking getting Shawn michaels back in the ring for one more match or whatever you know all that sort of stuff daniel bryan looks at this very differently this is not a man who was afraid of the grind once upon a time this was a man that like like when he said fight for his dreams his dreams weren't necessarily to be in a full WrestleMania again. They were just to be back in the ring, mm. taking bumps, like like shaking the dust off the canvas with his Getting body. Yes, destroyed at the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, going a frigging 70 minutes in that thing or whatever it was in the Saudi Arabian heat. Like he just wanted that. He's always been one of, you know, and that was like a potentially dangerous decision to, you know, he had significant head traumas. And he put himself through all the rehabilitation and recovery of that in particular. He's somebody that went with his gut. He was finished and he just didn't believe he was finished and he loved something too much to accept it. If he's suddenly at the polar opposite end of that spectrum, it's not about money. It's not about status. It's not about um, like the big match or the big angle even. Like I genuinely believe through not knowing Daniel Bryan at all, that taken from these comments, it would have felt the same wherever he was on the WrestleMania card. The main event, if anything, has sharpened his thoughts. Mm. If he was in the mid card, maybe he'd have thought to himself, I'm not really feeling this. You know, if I'm not doing something big at WrestleMania, I just don't want to be at WrestleMania. This mm. is different. It's like mm. you had the biggest spot and you didn't feel it like that. There is no sort of, as I say, like greater indictment, I guess, of his views on, on professional wrestling. And of course, we're talking about WWE. So maybe Daniel Bryan wants to wrestle and he's acknowledging without using the exact words that it's not a wrestling company. It's a, they it, they produce content. They don't produce wrestling matches. 
And the further they've basically, maybe Daniel Bryan will be a line in the sand where they've steered for so many years now away from being a pro wrestling company by profile that it's going to take a wrestler to like one major talent to come out and say, well, we don't wrestle, we don't do wrestling here. So why would I want to wrestle here? Mm. If my, my dream was to wrestle, I'll go somewhere where I can wrestle, not here where I can be a talking prop for Vincent Manor. You know, this is not another one of the, like us having a go at booking or anything like that, but you've just got to call a spade a spade here. WWE isn't a wrestling company. It's why they call it WWE and not World Wrestling Entertainment because they'd rather the word lifted out of it completely. They produce hour upon hour upon hour upon hour of content for Peacock, for television rights fees. That's how the business is funded. That's why we get so many recaps on Raw. That's why you feel stupider when you sit through an episode of it. It's And there's an alternative. There's an alternative out there that looks like a wrestling show and it's only highlighting how much the other one isn't one. And, you know, I know we're going to get onto alternatives, but maybe Daniel Bryan, it, it does, it's not even about a big company. He'd work weekends if he fancied, because at least that's wrestling. Mm. At least that's doing what he trained to do and not this kind of warped version of it. There's never been more warped than mm. inside a crowdless, a crowdless room full of Zoom calls following the various whims of Vince McMahon. Mm. Sounds like some sort of nightmare, that doesn't it? Um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll get onto the alternative in due course. Do you think maybe it's also because he's just bloody fed, fed up of seeing John Laurinaitis everywhere he goes? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to sit on a podcast and bury my in laws, not like they'd ever listen um, or know how to download podcasts. But uh, yeah, that like maybe there's a sort of a certain element, like all joking aside, because obviously he's been involved in Total Bellas and Total Divas, and that, like, that's very un-Daniel Bryan, but he seems to get involved for the benefit of the project and stuff like that. Maybe there is a bit of him, a guy that very much enjoys being at one with the reality of his life rather than the fake life, needs to draw a dividing line between the two again. Like he, if you think about those WWE documentaries, those cameras run wrestlers all the time now, like all the time. And if a wrestling camera isn't on him, there'll be one marked the E network that's on him instead. And you've got this guy that would probably rather be in a social club or a VHF, like on a weekend in front of 20 people, like, and then flogging some eight by tens at the table afterwards. Mm. And he's got like the E network and the WWE cameras, like jockeying for position to get the best shot of Daniel Bryan talking to his wife about his match. It's just, it's not, he's the last wrestler you would imagine to be involved in that life. And yeah. yet he finds himself completely ensconced in it. God. He'd rather be he'd rather be on the B network than the E <laughs> network. He loves nature so much. What, just, another, I can't no sell that. I'm trying to like not laugh through that. <laughs> One of, and Christ, like I know we do lists at what culture, but I don't think there's enough like new entry tabs for me to open up on this list. One of the problems with the Miz angle was that they're so alike. Mm. Like in many ways, Daniel Bryan is now the Miz with a beard. He appears on the reality. He appears in the reality TV shows. He can work like with his wife, with the company that they met in together, and all this sort of stuff. Just one's got us like one's a glossy finish, one's a matte finish, and it's just whichever you, <laughs> it's just whichever you prefer in your home furnishings is whether or not you're going to like the Miz or Daniel Bryan more at this point. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Right, let's talk about his future then. And before we get to the alternative, we'll conclude with that. Like, is there any way WWE, as I said, he's not retiring, he's going part-time, but is there any way they try and, you know, get him involved in some other roles? Because obviously he's, I mean, you, you listen and you you look at the talent that he works with and, you know, the time he puts in, like people like Drew Gulak, who just benefited so much from just being associated with with Brian and, and that lovely relationship the two of them had. Is there any way WWE successfully try and transfer him into a, a different role? You know, obviously... It, maybe it's I don't, not going to happen this, I don't think, but maybe it's a GM role again or, you know, trainer <laughs> or, you know, because he, he offers so clearly offers so much to the talent, uh, whether it be, you know, actually working with them on television or just being there to pick someone's brains as they're you know coming through the system. I mean, of course, he's valuable in that role in particular. Like you could I remember the wrestlers that would talk about after Pat Patterson passed away, the wrestlers that would just be glad when he was there to see a show in person, Mm -hmm. even when he wasn't working for the company because of that brain to pick. Daniel Bryan could, of course, be that guy. Um, Again, all of this is outside perception. I've never met Daniel Bryan. I wish he was my best friend, but he's not. Um, My assumption of a Daniel Bryan is that he's too smart to be yet another person that thinks that he can wrestle any of this away from Vince McMahon. Yeah. Like there's there's been talk in 2021 that he's been helping out on in creative on SmackDown. And SmackDown's like a better show than Raw. It's not always a great show, but it's a better show than Raw. Marginally tighter, you know, in terms of its storylines and its use of the characters and things like that. But it's still WWE. You know, we're not... Like, even NXT's pretty WWE, and we're not saying SmackDown's NXT, you know? Mm. Like, and it's, and it's WWE because it's Vince McMahon. He's sat there, or even if he's not sat there, he's looming like a shadow over Gorilla, and he'll, you know, everything will have to go through some version of a sign-off to Vince McMahon. We're told this. Everyone's been told this. You or I could get a job in WWE, and we would know that. Mm. You know, we would know the the autocracy with which this company works. And I just think too many wrestlers have probably imagined themselves to be the one that can drive change within. And a lot of that comes out of ego. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to challenging the boss. I'm looking forward to getting my stuff on television where others couldn't. I don't think Daniel Bryan has that ego. I don't think he doesn't strike me as the guy. 
but even not even ego, so naivety as well. I think naivety. Like... Yeah, I think he's too smart for it. I don't think he wants to waste his time. You know, could you? I can't imagine Daniel Bryan be one of those guys that is the last one in the office at like eleven o'clock because he's on a call with Vince, thinking, "Oh God, I wish I could get home to the family for a little bit." Like he's one of the last people I would place in that chair in Titan Tower or on the road or whatever. He just, I'm sure he would love that role. And again, I keep feeling like we're doing, we're setting up a big tease. We're not, we're, we're going to talk about Mighty Go to AEW, but it's not even just an AEW thing. It's a, there are wrestling companies where every single one of these positions exists. Part-timer, occasional well-paid celebrity appearance guy, backstage voice of reason, producer, whatever. Like all of them exist in other wrestling companies. All of them are virtually pointless in WWE because you're underneath the Vince McMahon like guy at the top of the pyramid and you're always at, until he dies which you know do we have to always say hopefully isn't soon so we don't sound ghoulish but like it's, it's always going to be that way in WWE like literally every other wrestling company you could do it for six months in another company if you fancied and another company would welcome it yeah that's that's the that's the madness of the the likes of a Daniel Bryan and the likes of what he can offer elsewhere before we get to AEW um <laughs> Let's quickly mention, you know, his. We could do an entire different podcast on his WWE legacy, but yeah, some of your favorite things he's been involved in might be an easier question to to talk talk to you about because you know there's obvious things there, but there's also stuff that's, you know, personally you've you've maybe enjoyed more than than others. What is his legacy in WWE for you? Right, I'm glad you've teed it up this way because obviously people can't see on the uh, the Zoom call. This is an audio medium. But Adam Wilborn is going to hold up a sign on a card in a second. What are your favourite Daniel Bryan moments in WWE history? Chicks and America. <laughs> yes! And Adam Wilborn holds up a sign. It says Chicks in America! Ding, ding, ding! Uh, like, go and find it. It's his stuff as a coach with uh, now EC3, of course, Derek Bateman on NXT season, whatever season Derek Bateman was in. Check out on YouTube. Google uh, Daniel Bryan Chicks in America. You'll find what you're looking for. <laughs> um, but there's a bigger picture there to that, which is Daniel Bryan's ability to be Daniel Bryan within that system. Um, he rips the piss out of the entire concept in that specific segment. But he's done this over and over and over again. Um, the Drew Gulak push and match should not have existed. Mm -hmm. That match that them two had on, I believe it was Elimination Chamber, the last show before the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like an, an an opener that felt like it could have main evented like any pay-per-view. And it's with this guy, Drew Gulak, he may as well have not existed a month before because Daniel Bryan has the power sometimes, you know, um, making the WWE Championship out of hemp because... Oh. Like the new Daniel Bryan, they could be will boo him, let alone do, yeah, anything else. Yeah, Christ, yeah. But like the narrative justification to be able to convince Vince McMahon, the guy obsessed with gloss and sheen and perfection, can you uh like make me a WWE title that you wouldn't even use to dry yourself with in a gym, please? Yeah, I will get three hundred. <laughs> like I, I just think that's amazing, Daniel Bryan. I think I think this is a Cedric line actually. I think Daniel Bryan, where uh, if it wasn't Cedric, it was like somebody else in the rest of the media called him the Vince Whisperer. Because he just, like, he had this bizarre power of Vince McMahon that nobody else did. And again, just to sort of go back to what I was saying before, not that it would matter if he was working with them seven days a week, but in terms of his own character, to sort of sneak himself onto that wrestling show. Because, of course, Vince hates him. Look at him. Like, he's he's shorter than him. He doesn't eat meat. 
what? Like you just like you heard everything. You heard everything Michael Cole was instructed to say about him in the original season of NXT. There's that amazing interview Daniel Bryan did with uh, Gorilla Position in 2018, where the guy from Gorilla Position said, um, "So it's like mid, say middle of the summer, perhaps, um, where maybe they're doing this. Maybe they're heading towards SummerSlam, and the match with them is." And he goes, the interview goes. So I mean, this stuff that's going on in the Miz at the moment. I mean, you must really want it to get to WrestleMania, don't you? And Brian just pisses himself, just laughs in the guy's face, and then says, like, like, and this is like a WWE organized interview sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to offend you, but what makes you think that this show can get us to WrestleMania? <laughs> like, <laughs> openly kind of mock the process and do it. Um, he was a gift to everything he was involved with, and that's what I like about Daniel Bryan. It never ever felt like, and even if I'm sure sometimes it did to Bryan, it never ever felt like as a viewer he was betraying himself. Um, in the wake of his comeback, the yes movement like almost loses, it doesn't lose anything, but it doesn't become quite as profound and tear-soaked as it did because when you thought, oh Christ, and this was pretty much it, he had to, he had two major injuries and he had to retire, you know. Like he came back and a, and a further career happened. So it, it doesn't need to be as profound. Like, honestly, looking at the lights for Kofi Kingston, WrestleMania 35, not everybody could have given Kofi Kingston that match. And mm. that's not to take anything away from Kofi Kingston at all. But it took a certain kind of special performer yeah. to level up, to level up to Kofi Mania and to be the foil for Kofi Mania. It, like, don't think for a second that any old heel in that spot would have gotten Kofi Kingston and Kofi Mania over in the way that like people were crying in the building. It's a it's a beautiful match. It's a really beautiful match, and it, it strikes me as the sort of thing that Danny Bryan might answer that question with as well. You mm. know, he would say like, I, "I love just getting to be a part of that. I'm so privileged that I was the one in that position." And it's like, well, yeah, you were privileged to be in the position, but Christ, you amplified it, mm. and like I couldn't have loved that more. Yeah, the new Danny Bryan run was great. Um, I love the idea that, that he that, that he, he had the I don't know whether he had this idea from the beginning or whatever, but I, just him coming back and being like, right, so I've come back from a career career ending injury, and I want people's first reaction when I win the world title to be boo this man, which would be amazing. That face he pulled when he's like, oh. <laughs> when he's in the dick or whatever it was, it's just like amazing. Yeah. Remember the first match he obviously worked as WWE champion was against Brock Lesnar. And it was like, oh, you've got the dream match. Oh, he's a heel. This isn't going to work. And then he like crawls to the ring like a spider. <laughs> like this, as if to say, I'm going to crawl all over you, Brock, and you're not going to be able to stop me. Like, absolutely incredible scenes. I think where he like, got both of his arms and you're like, okay, well, it's Brock. So don't you know, obviously, we know what happens when Brock actually gets, you know, strong armed or, you know, look what happened when Braun Strowman went a bit, bit much with yeah. him. And he's like, okay, so I'll put my foot on your head, put foot on your head, <laughs> your arms, and stab it your face in until you turn into a tomato. He, he did once. Like, I love, I like, just Daniel Bryan, let me just sing it to you. I love your smile. In NXT season one, there was a, ta- there was a fucking assault course task where one of the tasks was to like neck a pint of Coke. And Daniel Bryan, like, I'd have smashed that by the way. Daniel Bryan doesn't drink. Coke. He doesn't drink soda. Of course, he, look at him. He's perfect. Yeah. He doesn't. He drinks drink water or like lemon tea or something. So he's like of all these physical things that you can do. He's just like, I'm not going to gimmick this. He stood there, as, like just as if he's enjoying a summer's day. He's just like sipping this like collector's cup with frigging John Cena's face on or something. Just like, 
just sipping this coke and it's like the clock's running down the clock's running down and i remember him telling this story i think it's in his book it's on one of them wwe documentaries where he's like uh yeah the uh the miss sort of he didn't bollock him but like had a word with him backstage afterwards it's just like you, you cannot show anybody that you're weak at anything in this company you you cannot do it and brian just it's just like that, <laughs> that, that man can't even drink a soda. Why are 80,000 people putting their fingers in the air and saying yes? Like, I love that. I love that. He just, he won. Daniel Bryan over and over again won in a system that defeats everybody. I, I, it was, I think it was on some random like top 10 WWE list. I just so happened to stumble across on YouTube the other day. His face when they're doing the Ascension Ceremony, John Cena, Red Young, who's going to be the best <laughs> champion ever, right? And there's obviously the, the Daniel Bryan chance and the yes, yes, yes. And like Mark Henry, to his credit, like goes, all right, raise his hand. All right, that's enough. Let's move on with this. Michaels tries to try and like calm it down or whatever. They're all like, you can just see Triple H is annoyed. Stephanie is bloody furious with all this. <laughs> like CM Punk's having a great time in the midst of it. He doesn't give a toss anymore, right? You see, Brian, you see, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm presuming here, but the thought process, I think, is, oh, I'm going to be in a bit, 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 bit bothered for this, but it's not my fault. So they yeah. can't follow me too much. And then he slowly just starts. He goes, ah, oh, just just embrace it sort of thing. And then he's like, ah, bollocks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Give the people what they want, in the words of Excalibur. But yeah, like, you know, we, people are going to be like, oh, why aren't you mentioning the great matches? Well, we'd be here for all day. Like, mm. Honestly, it's it's preposterous what he was what he was able to achieve. Uh, that I forgot about that Survivor Series with Brock Lesnar until you mentioned it. And Jesus Christ, that was amazing stuff. Uh, and then stuff like you know, even incredibly recently, how they elevated that Intercontinental Championship to that point where you had that match with AJ Styles, and you were just like, well, oh, no God. right to do something like this. No right is right. Like God Almighty, that match. I one of the few times in. So, like, two spring to mind, and I know there'll be more, and everybody will have had their own ones, but, like, early pandemic wrestling, it just didn't, wasn't it, was it? It just no. couldn't take, it couldn't release you from the prison of your own life, basically. Like, that's what wrestling, because it continued, like, that. If it, if it wasn't doing that, what the hell was it doing? Like, I wouldn't want to ever go back and, like, you guys should, if you're listening, by the way, like, share and subscribe, download them again. But I certainly won't want to go back and listen to the reviews from that time because I just felt sad and mm. wrestling wasn't helping. And then every now and then a match would come along that would help. And the two that leap out from that very early pandemic period are AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental title in the empty performance centre mm-hmm. and Stadium Stampede. Yes, exactly. Think, the same thing. Think of the differences that, like, Stadium Stampede <laughs> is amazing. This is not to, not to degradate that in the slightest... But you got wrestlers fighting on football pitches with pre-taped scenes in pubs, in swimming pools. It, like it's it's incredible. Stadium is a masterpiece of, of this weird genre. Yeah. The other one is a thirty-minute goddamn pro wrestling match for a secondary title in an empty gym. Like I, it's it, that match amazes me, and like I think it'll in I think it'll really enjoy as well, and it'll stand up against some of the things that just felt good in the moment and then didn't like so much after. Like I think we'll be talking about that match a long time to come. While we're on how great Daniel Bryan is, which is quickly what this podcast has descended into. Mm. That time he cut a promo on the Royal Rumble burger. I was literally about to say that. I was going to yeah. do a joke thing, but like, when we've got to talk about him, we've got to talk about his best feuds, mainly when he fought against a burger and then <laughs> like, <laughs> squirted sauce on some people or something. Do you remember as well, there was one where like, I remember Kathy Kelly, it might have been with Tom Phillips, somebody else, but he just stormed into the set and cut like yeah. one of the best promos yeah, like of the week. like a cardigan on or something. Yeah, I, um, absolutely amazing. Like he just like the new Daniel Bryan never missed ever. 
yeah, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, we could talk about this for ages. Let's conclude though by talking about the possibility of him heading to eighty. Oh, also, actually, whilst I remember, if you're going to be googling lots of Daniel Bryan stuff, which I am off the back of doing this podcast. Just try and find that promo he cut with Paul London. It's not in WWE, but it is also <laughs> one of the best promos he's ever cut. It's on my Twitter, I believe. I will, uh, I will try and dig that one back out and hire a retweet over the weekend in sync with this podcast. But is he, <laughs> does he buzz on that one? If I remember right. <laughs> anyway, AW, what's the chances you reckon he heads there? Uh, as good as anybody else's. That's... Uh, like the speculation is starting to feel a bit tired at this point uh, you know insert your favorite wrestler here to AEW but that's the point of an opposition we are it's going to take a long time but we it feels as though we're getting away from that like bizarre stigma around signing independent contractors to work for you and then being called oh, WWE guys like it's that's a myth that is a myth right but it's this thing that like is hung around the neck of many people that have signed and indeed AEW as a company um What's going to happen, of course, is at some point somebody's going to go from AEW to WWE, and then those exact same people are going to have to say, Oh, bloody Vince McMahon just signed an ex AEW, guys. <laughs> Very creative. Um, but yeah, like Daniel, it's as good a chance as any. All Daniel Bryan will be hearing for anybody that he's friends with that works as AEW is that they're having a nice time. Like everybody seems to, I don't know how true this is, uh, and I'm not going to sort of cast aspersions on any of the wrestlers. Like, why wouldn't they put over that they're having a good time if they're actually having a good time? Like, more power to them. Like, better that they say that than just, like, can't speak at all because they're absolutely miserable or terrified of their boss, you know? But, like, I'm sure it is not all, like, wine, roses and sunshine in AEW. However, a lot of talent seem to speak of how much they enjoy their work there. The programme itself tends to reflect a show that wrestlers are getting the freedom of expression on, which Daniel Bryan would thrive in because he thrives even in one where it's strangled within an inch of his life. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you cannot rule it out because he just might want to. They'd be mad not to bring him in, even for the short term. Um, in the age of trying to rebuild dream matches by having a, a new secondary company in AEW, like, yeah, one of the things about AEW existing is that you can start building dream matches again and you can start enough of a roster suddenly exists that you can think, oh, I'd love to see what happened if X fought Y. Mm. One that existed before AEW existed uh, was Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega. Mm. And, you know, if you sort of extend that out to all the people that have come up since, so Ken, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Hangman Page, uh, a reframed and reimagined Daniel Bryan versus Cody. Like, and that's, I've, I've not even left the confines of the elite yet. <laughs> and like, already there's three dream matches for you. The same could be said for New Japan, of course. You might just fancy work in a Wrestle Kingdom. You know, like a Wrestle Kingdom in the new normal, the Tokyo Dome going, yes. Like all of these things are things that are available to him strictly if he wants them. What I would like to question of you mm -hmm. is from Daniel Bryan's interview and the feeling that uh, WrestleMania 7, WrestleMania 37 just wasn't for me. Is that a wrestling feeling or is it actually going to encourage him to chase new dragons instead? New American dragons. Mm -hmm. Like is, is that... Has that what like how did you read that as a I'm tired of wrestling or this is actually going to promote me to chase new things instead? Because if you're Daniel Bryan, like that's a pretty big call, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I thought to be perfectly honest, uh, he loves wrestling, doesn't he? Quite clearly, mm. he loves wrestling. Like you say, he would work so hard to get back into it. 
you're like, oh, I've got back into, you know, got back into WWE, understandably, because it's WWE and, 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 you know, the options were what they were at the time. And, you know, the company, by, by all accounts, was supportive of him going through all that, right? But it's not like, well, that didn't, I didn't get that same feeling when I walked out of WrestleMania. I guess that's it for me wrestling. Like you say, at least tip your toe in, in New Japan, in AEW, in you know, bloody impact, MLW. I don't bloody care. He's like, you've got to at least, you know, sample some other stuff. Um, so that's the way I, I think it may well head. Or it could just be the case that he only wants to do stuff he wants to do. And, you know, he's going to stick with WWE, but he's only going to do, you know, all right, I want to work with Cesaro or I want to work with, you know, Murphy or people. I, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to pick pick names out of people oh i wouldn't mind having a bit of a back and forth with ricochet like it feels like he could be the savior of that mid card of people who were all like like all right okay wwe bitch you don't like them and uh, and as you mentioned earlier if, until things change that's not going to change but daniel bryan just came down every sort of two months and went you i'd be okay with that like nothing on the line but okay that's you know money in the bank or you know, he's retiring in September. It, uh, I don't know. TLC, he's decided he's going to have a fight with Alistair Black. Okay, great. That, like, the uh, uh, bare minimum is good. And I, I said said this on the news. Selfishly, of course, don't go part-time. I want a full-time. I want to see every sodding week on my television. But if you have to go part-time, keep doing the stuff that you love, whether that be in WWE or, or elsewhere. Imagine the delicious irony of him saying he's going to see out his WWE contract and it, up to September and then he's gone and he just wants to do what he wants to do in that company while he still can. And he just goes down to NXT and it cracks a million every week uh, on Triple H's show. <laughs> like, like, just Daniel Bryan's there. He's just having bangers every week. He's feeling like he, Johnny Gargano's more over than ever before from his legendary series with Daniel Bryan. Like, just a sort of Daniel Bryan and a mystery partner. This is MSK for the tag belts. Like, gets a, <laughs> like, draws 1.4 a Tuesday night or something like that. And Triple H, like, yeah, the B plus player came in and had a few good ones for us. <laughs> oh, can you imagine Daniel Bryan? Summer of Bryan. Daniel Bryan, with all his principles and, you know, love of, of, like you say, nature and stuff, sells his soul to Cameron Grimes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just whatever you do, maybe don't go. I know, because he can't do that, actually, because they'll go, coming to NXT, are you? Me and Carrie and Cross. Carrie, did you want to show me your finisher? <laughs> Just got out on your back of your head, you dickhead. <laughs> Just imagining, like, next week, like, WWE of... You know, we know they listen. Thanks as always to me. They've listened to this podcast. They've read all the interviews with Brian. They've uh, called him into a meeting at TV. And they're like, look, we're we're a different company now. We want to be mindful of what you want, what you need. And we've figured it out. You didn't feel anything in that main event? Got you. We're going to draft you to Raw, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the list of Daniel Bryan's WWE future, I think that's literally the bottom. And therefore, we'll finish right here. Uh, let us know your thoughts on, on Brian's WWE future and just how wrong we were if, like I said, he's become world champion on SmackDown in the time it's taken to record and then release this podcast. Uh, <laughs> at what culture WWE on Twitter? Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. And make sure you check out the SmackDown review later on today, of course, uh, with Phil Chambers and Gareth. Morgan, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.